Hey guys, this is Michael Bohm with Youth Apologetics Training. Today we're going to keep going about this, or on this series, with this series, on the new apostolic reformation. And more specifically, we're starting to dive into this strategic level spiritual warfare stuff, where they attempt to go into areas and bind territorial demons, uh, cast them out, and, and try to take these areas for the Lord through these various uh, warfare tactics that they believe that the Holy Spirit has revealed to them through their apostles and prophets. And yesterday, I briefly went down a list of some of the things that they utilize, uh, things like, again, in, in review, spiritual mapping, naming the demon, or at least characterizing the demon, like, for example, a, a demon of lust or something like that, okay? Uh, identifying potential sins or things that have happened in the past, maybe some uh, areas of sin in the particular territory at the time and repenting, uh, committing the land to the Lord, prayer walking, prayer war- warfare, prayer worship, breaking generational curses, closing portholes, opening other portholes, uh, submitting to the covering of your apostles and prophets, and uh, other tactics like prayer rallies, uh, fast, all-night prayer events, and, and wild and crazy worship. All right, all these different things, and, and they're really are more. Uh, a lot of times these tactics can be invented on the spot by these apostles and prophets and say, you know, the Lord wants us to do this prophetic act or that prophetic act. And you, and you do these weird little actions, okay, uh, to have some kind of drastic effect in the spiritual realm. All right. And I keep asking the question, is this wasting our time? Is this a massive waste of time? Is this even helping? Is it from the Lord? Is it something that's in the Bible? Okay, do we see examples of believers uh, being told by God to do war against these territorial demons or spirits or princes? All right. And by the way, this does go back to Daniel chapter 10. We have this instance where Gabriel visits Daniel. Daniel starts praying and fasting. It takes Gabriel 21 days to make it to Daniel. And Gabriel reveals that the reason why it took him so long is he's been doing battle with the prince of Persia. Who's that? I mean, who is that? And then uh, Michael, the archangel, shows up and takes on the prince of Persia and allows uh, Gabriel to move on and get to Daniel, right? And then you see towards the end of chapter 10, I think in verse 20, you see Daniel, or rather Gabriel, saying that uh, there's this prince of Grisha, too. All right, so there is that concept, at least uh, there appears to be a prince of Persia and a prince of Grisha, or at least used to be, who knows. Um, and so there is that concept that there are some kind of, I suppose, to put it in their terminology, some kind of maybe territorial demons, at least in some areas, maybe, okay? All right, but then they take it so much farther and have these huge, extravagant battles. They have these recipes, these almost like spells, you know, it's, it's a recipe. It's this strange uh, battle plan that they come up with, supposedly from the Lord, to take down these demons, all right. And so you have things like, uh, well, for example, John Benefield. I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing his name before, uh, right. I'm not sure if I've ever heard of the guy before. Uh, and Cindy Jacobs, I've heard of her many times, laying spiritual siege to Washington, D.C. All right. The, 
All right. Uh, they have this, um, like, for example, on July 4th of 2011, they had this declaration of the covenant where they divorced Baal on behalf of America. Oh, man. Guys, all right. You know, if the Holy Spirit really showed him this stuff, which I can guarantee you that he didn't, all right, God doesn't, God doesn't hook up with a bunch of false prophets who clearly have made themselves out to be false prophets and then tell them to do these bizarre acts. You know, God, if anything, God would be seeking out those who truly live in a repentant, uh, humble, God-fearing, God-following lifestyle. I mean, if he was going to seek somebody out, he would go for these types, right? All right, and, 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 and not be using people like Cindy Jacobs. Good grief. All right, and, and to do this divorcing bail on behalf of America. Now, how well did that work out? How are we doing? That was July 4th, 2011. How is America doing now? All right, but Cindy Jacobs, another example would be, uh, she did this uh, Route 52 journey across the state of Kansas. Uh, happened in September of 2010. Uh, this was in connection with IHOP. That is not the Interna International House of Pancakes. I wish it was. But actually, the Inter International House of Prayer. Uh, have you guys ever heard of Mike Bickle? He's part of this movement. Uh, and... They were all, this is also in conjunction with people like C. Peter Wagner, uh, Dutch Sheets, Chuck Pierce, uh, and, and they were doing things like setting occult ley lines, dropping plumb lines, shooting spiritual arrows, ascribing prophetic significance to various signs, uh, pouring oil over all sorts of things. I've taken part of all kinds of stuff like this. Planting olive trees so that Kansas is rooted covenant, covenantially with Israel. Uh, this is how this journey was described. A call from regional leadership was given to Kansas for repentance, for division and offense in order to walk together in love and unity. There was also identificational repentance led by regional and Kansas leadership concerning the seven mountains of our culture. God is knitting together the bones and sinews of an exceedingly great army in both Israel and Kansas, in our nation. He is calling us to rise together into a force of one great army of the Lord. All right, that was, again, that was in September of 2010. Uh, I ask you this, has there been any great, real, I mean, real tangible fruit uh, from this event? You know, are we seeing anything really going down from this? No, not at all. And so we have all these extravagant events, these practices, this, these different various recipes that the, the apostles and prophets put together to produce these extravagant, awesome results. Okay, so we're going to look at one. Prayer mapping or spiritual mapping. Again, this is the concept of going to a foreign area. All right. And it starts by walking the area and really learning the area. What territorial spirit uh, is connected to this area or spirits for that matter? All right. And so they go there and they examine the area. They study the area. What is there some massive past sins that have been committed in this area? What what about this area? Is there uh, maybe a lot of. Uh, strip clubs or liquor stores 
or abortion mills or, you know, where, okay, and so what kind of sins are being committed in the area, past, present, future? Well, maybe not future, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying. What What's going on there? And then they, through a, a process of praying and supposedly entering the silence and hearing the word of God, like hearing God actually speak, which again, I don't believe they're hearing from God. I, I'm not buying it. I'm sorry. I'm just not buying it. Uh, they come up with these wild and crazy plans to somehow take down this, bar- the, the, this territorial demon, if you will. All right. They also hope to try and ascertain the name or at least the characteristics of the demon. All right. So you hear things like, well, there's a spirit of lust over this area. We got to break this spirit of lust. Or there is a demon of Jezebel over this area. Have you heard that one before? The spirit of Jezebel. This area has got a spiritual Je- of Jezebel or this person has a spirit of Jezebel. So they make this this almost diagnosis. You know, they they diagnose the issue and now they're going to go in and try to treat the problem. Uh for example, here would be a real world example. The Apostle John Benefield, I mentioned him earlier, he is uh, the leader of the Heartland Apostle Apostolic Prayer Network. He somehow determines that the territorial demon or spirit that is over uh, the United States, all right, was the pagan goddess Columbia, all right? So God apparently, all right, according to this Apostle John Benefield, he, re- he receives this message from the Lord. This is the pagan goddess of Columbia that rules over the entire United States. So we're talking a big dog here, right? This is one of the big ones. So this huge event in 2011, a 40-day new apostolic reformation campaign called DC-40. And in this 40 days, they, uh, these, this new apostolic reformation network, we're talking a huge network here. They come together, uh, in unity to wage strategic level spiritual warfare against this spirit of Columbia. Guys, this was in the fall of 2011. How do you think we're doing? How do you think this nation is doing? Did they take down this uh, quote-unquote spirit of Columbia? <laughs> no, absolutely not. First of all, um, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying that they supposedly heard from the Lord that there is a spirit of Columbia, this goddess. And second of all, uh, they waged war against this imaginary monster and uh, they apparently lost because nothing's changed as far as for the Lord. It has gotten so much worse since 2011. This country's going downhill, guys. We're going to heck in a handbasket. <laughs> and, I mean, here we got these guys, this huge movement with all these resources. And they're wasting it. They're blowing it on these gigantic events to wage these imaginary battles with their imaginary monsters. I mean, it's kind of like when, you know, you and your little brother, little kids, and you're 
having these battles in the backyard with uh, sticks and somehow those sticks become swords in your mind and you've got this box lid that you're using for a shield and you're having these huge battles with these giant dragons. I mean, that's kind of how I feel like that. this is just a big imaginary fight. They need to go in the backyard and join the kids because that's about how much effect they're having. And it, it makes us look silly. All these wasted resources... And for what? Uh, they also incorporate something called prayer journeys. Have you ever heard of that? I mentioned that earlier. It almost makes you think, and, and I can't help but at first I thought this is what they were talking about, because I've never heard the term prayer journey, right? My first response was, whoa, it, is that like some kind of astral travel, which is a, a an occult technique to... Apparently, try to leave your body. I took part in this when I was practicing uh, witchcraft when I was much younger. Okay, this is nonsense. This is an abomination to the Lord. But no, prayer journeys has nothing to do with that. It's more of uh, flying out or bussing out or whatever, traveling to a different area, uh, usually far, far away. And so it involves a hotel and flight and a lot of resources, a lot of money, and a whole bunch of Christians, and they show up at some location, and then they, you know, they conduct this warfare on site. They show up, they prayer walk, they do this warfare prayer and worship, which we're going to talk about tomorrow, and many of these other techniques, they go out there in person, and all that money goes to waste, when a bunch of believers show up on site in a foreign area, people are looking at them like, are you kidding me? What are you doing? They're walking around. They're doing all these imaginary movements. We'll talk about this some more. But those two, two kids in the backyard doing battle against that giant dragon with their sticks and their box lids. This is exactly the kind of stuff you see uh, when these people show up. They're doing these weird movements. Uh, like they're swinging swords in the air, they're praying in, in what they believe is tongues, all right? they're blowing shofars, they're doing all these prophetic actions, is what they would generally, well this is what the type of group I ran with would refer to it as, you're doing these prophetic acts in the spirit, and you're really shaking up the heavenlies when you're swinging your arms around and making noises, you know, shoo, shoo, you know, and making these strange noises. Oh, <sighs> making us all look silly, and by golly, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening except Christianity is make, made out to look very silly, and we're blowing a lot of money and a lot of time. Satan is having a laugh over this, because here we have this church running around like a bunch of little kids fighting imaginary monsters when the battle's right here at our front door trying to get people saved and allow the word of God to change them from the inside out, which has proven to be effective for 2,000 years. That's how revival happens. It happens on a one-on-one -on -one individual basis when you and me go out there and we share the gospel and we bring somebody to Christ, we disciple them, and we get them in the word. We get them fascinated with God's word and God's word and his Holy Spirit change that person from the inside out and that is one more person in this nation who can then, if discipled correctly and, and, and well, you know, of course, they got to grow in the Lord, but then they turn around and they go out into the world and they try to pull somebody else out of the fire. That's how it works. That's how it works, guys. And we're wasting our time with this stuff. 
This is a massive waste of time. And I'll show you some quotes from C. Peter Wagner himself, where he basically admits that this is a massive waste of time. Uh, and then he goes on to say that we need to come up with more effective ways to do it, basically. But, <laughs> man... Okay, so I'm going to stop here. Tomorrow we'll look at prayer for prayer. We will look at warfare prayer and warfare worship and we'll look at some other aspects, other techniques that are used in this waging war and battle against these territorial spirits. All right, friends, if you like this podcast, if you like what I'm doing, I would urge you, I would beg you, go up to iTunes and leave me a good review. Give me a good review. Uh, that helps other people find this podcast. If you find this information helpful and a lot of the other topics I cover, then yeah, that helps this message get out to other people. I, I suppose it's another way to spread this type of worldview training to the rest of the world. So anyway, uh, I would appreciate that. Uh, friends, if you want to chat, you can catch me on my worldview page, Facebook, Google+, Twitter. I love you guys, and I'll see you tomorrow.